What's good, y'all? What's poppin'? Welcome back to another episode of the Hey Sports Podcast, episode 109. I'm the moderator, Desi, and as always, I hope everyone had a great weekend. weekend. Yesterday's games were something, with Philly putting a beating on Frisco, and a last-minute field goal to the ball for the Chiefs against the Beagles. I don't like to be the person to say I told you guys so, but I kind of did. Everybody on here, besides Gianni and, of course, PC, Cough, cough, TK was saying that Frisco was slightly better than Philly, but they showed y'all who was better. Um, and I don't have KC beating um, Philly next week, not next week, in two weeks in the Super Bowl either. Uh, I still feel that way. Philly is just the most complete team to me overall. So, yeah. Let me go ahead and introduce the rest of the crew, starting with our two hosts, PC. You know, I should, uh, you think I'd be a bit more happy or excited to, you know, celebrate victory monday my team is in the super bowl congratulations but no and instead we're deemed the luckiest team in nfl history and this and that's and jalen hurts has had a good game and forever and just all these narratives and allegations about my team you know that we only beat josh johnson and daniel jones to make the super bowl I just want Super Bowl to be here at this point. I'm ready to prove a lot of people wrong. I should be happy that my team's even in the Super Bowl, considering how we started the year, considering the perception about my team. But no, now we got to prove ourselves one more time to casuals like Sean and TK and Tolu on this show. So I can't wait. All right, next, TK. I guess PC, I'll let you call me a casual this week. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. You made it to the Super Bowl. Now, the only thing I ask of you is please, please, please defeat Patrick Mahomes, bro. I cannot live in a division where this man wins another Super Bowl. I just cannot. So just please, PC, just just, just go out there and beat the Chiefs, bro. All right. And now we have Sean. PC keeps bringing up these narratives, he likes to call them, but it's just the truth. It's just straight up facts of what's happened. And maybe, you know, maybe things will turn around next week or not next week in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, where hopefully Patrick Mahomes will stay healthy. Hopefully you won't get super lucky again and will actually face the starting quarterback. Then then maybe then you will have the chance to prove yourselves. But up until now, you have not been given the chance to do so. Um, And just one more thing. When Kadarius Tony scores a game-winning touchdown against the Philadelphia Eagles, it will officially go down as the greatest Giants trade in NFL history just because he beat the Eagles. Okay, um, next, Gianni. Honestly, this was a great win. Um, there's still one more to go. We beat the, the most physical football team in the NFL. Everybody's talking about the quarterback, but that defense of the 49ers, we – we're so physical. We bully them all all around. You should have seen the push-offs we, we did to the defenders. I don't know why, but that was the most physical um, defense in football. And people are talking about the quarterback situation and everything. But let's talk about that 49ers defense. They didn't show up at all in that game. They show up, you know, the first quarter, but then they couldn't stop the run at all. And they're the number one rush defense. Explain to well, me talk how— about that part, G. Lastly, Tyler. There was an alliance this weekend between two AFC North teams, the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now you got two minutes. Totally, you got two minutes. I'm timing you right now because you're not going to like go on for five. So go ahead. Oh, brother. Okay, I'm going to just say it. 
Steelers and the Ravens had an alliance this week because we have one thing in common. We both hate the Bengals. We hate that city. We hate every player on that team. And they came into Arrowhead talking all that junk, calling it Burrowhead, all that stuff. And they came in and they got whooped. Joe Burrow choked two interceptions. He got outplayed by Patrick Mahomes with one leg. This is you. Your legacy is cooked, Joe Burr. Your legacy is over because now they have to pay all those receivers. Now they can't do all that rookie contract stuff because now their their their, their thing is over, man. It's over, Joe Burrow. You're overrated. Did this man just say Joe Burrow's no, legacy TK, is done, TK, TK, don't even entice it. Don't even entice he it. Lost right. Patrick move on. with one leg. That's nice. That's great. <laughs> with one That's leg. It. He got outplayed by Pat That's nice. That's nice. That's great, Tolu. Thank you. Desi, let's move on with the episode, please. Jesus Christ. Anyways, okay. Uh, let's take a look into what we'll be discussing this week. Um... For our first segment, we'll be playing everyone's favorites. We hate Trivia 22, and hopefully Tolu doesn't cheat this time. Segment two will be our NFC and AFC Championship Breakdown, where we will discuss our main takeaways from each game. Segment three is um, NFL is our NFL War Show, who we think uh, should win. Segment four is my personal favorite, which is Hot Takes. And finally, one final word from my main co-host, PC, with Cam's Monologue. Um, let's go ahead and jump into our segments, but first, if you haven't already, please follow us on our socials at WHS underscore podcast on Twitter and IG, and at We Hate Sports All Jam Together on TikTok and YouTube. Let's go ahead and jump into our first segment, which is We Hate Trivia. So, of course, our rules for the We Hate, for we hate Trivia, um, everyone is required to have something to write on and something to write with. You have to show your answer to the camera. Um, it's not a point system. It's just whoever gets out first. It's no redeeming lives for all three rounds. So if you're out, you're out. No multi-choice for the easy round. No hints. There is no multi-choice for the medium round and hard rounds. Um, and still no hints until the hard round. The easy round will go until two people are eliminated. The medium round will go until one person is eliminated. And the final hard round will determine the winner of We Hate Trivia 22. So, TK, I'm pass it off to you. All right. So, before we start with the questions, bro, Tolu, I'm telling you right now, dog, if you cheat, bro, because I already feel like you're cheating before we even start. If you cheat, bro, you're banned from We Hate Sports Trivia, even though you should have been banned before because you cheated twice, bro. Even though you should have been banned before. But I'm just saying right now, I'm watching you, Tolu. I'm watching you. So don't try nothing slick. But all right. So we're going to start with the easy questions first, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that Desi said that these are not multiple choice. So you guys just have to know the answers off the top of your head. Does everybody have... Well, first of all, can everybody get off mute? Does everybody want to get off mute? Don't tell me what to do. Okay, well, PC, congratulations. Yeah. You have been the first person to ever be eliminated from We Hate Sports without even answering a question. So let's go ahead and move on you don't to have the power. rounds, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and with that, we're Gianni, Sean, and Total. You are, I'm just fine with you. All right, so we're going to start with question number one. Does everybody have their pencil and paper ready? Go ahead and show yes. me your pencil and paper. Everybody. All right, <clears throat> so question number one. 
which NFL football team has the most championship rings? Which NFL football team has the most championship rings? All right. Totally you first. I picked the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Gianni? I picked the Patriots with six. Sean? I also picked the New England Patriots. PC? Pick the Patriots. Tolu, what are you smoking, bro? Huh? He said championship. No. I think that's right. That's where you got confused, Tolu? No, Tolu is actually right, though. The most championships is the Green Bay. Yeah, that's why I said championships. He said championships, not Super Bowls. That's Super Bowls and championships are the same thing. What do you mean? Not necessarily. No, they're not the same thing. They're not the same. I feel like that's such a... Tolu, are you listening? You got it right. We got it wrong. Yeah. Oh, so I'm... You accidentally (laughs) got it right. Oh, he's nuts. He accidentally got it right. Tolu, what is that? What is that white screen on your eyeballs, bro? That because he was looking at the computer, y'all. He was looking at the computer, and then he went over. too, and then he went over. He was doing like this some weird shit with his lips and kept moving his eyes. What are you? That's how I was like this. I was trying to look at Turn it around right now. Turn around. There's literally no. Turn your phone around in front of you. You know. My phone is right here, empty. So wait, what are you? What? You're just seeing shit. No. Okay, Tony, put your okay. phone back. On, put your phone back on. The, put your phone back no. on. There's literally nothing on my phone. I thought, now, now unlock your screen right now, in front of us. It's literally the fucking group message. But all right, you you you, you move on. To, no, throw your phone on the bed. Throw your phone on the bed behind. You. <laughs> I'm literally not. Move. Okay, all right, don't. Bro. All right, there we go. Don't touch that. All right, next question. So Tolu moves on. Now we got Gianni, PC, and Sean. All right. I'm sick that he accidentally got it right. <laughs> which, all right, listen. So which NBA team did Michael Jordan and the Bulls defeat in 1998 to capture his sixth NBA NBA championship? This is easy, guys. Watch Sean get it wrong. Sean's going to get it wrong because he's a fraud. There it is. All right, let's Gianni. What did you What did you say? I picked the Jazz. Sean. I also picked the Utah Jazz. You're wrong. PC. Also with the Jazz. Good job, everybody. It was it was, it was Carl Malone and uh, John Stockton. Good job. All right. Peter. The rapist <laughs> and the racist. <laughs> John Stockton's racist. All right. John um, Stockton is everything ist. Oh, here's Duh. one. Here's one. All right. Which NBA player set the all-time game record in 2018 with 14 made threes in a single game? Everybody have their answers? Yep. All right. Uh, let's go with Sean first. I'm not confident about this one. I'm definitely between three players, Steph, Clay, and Dame. I went with Steph. Okay. Uh, PC? I went Clay. And Gianni. Clay Thompson against the Bulls. Okay, so if Sean gets it wrong, that means he's eliminated or? Yeah, he's eliminated. 
Okay, nah, so, nah, so nah, we got a little nah, bit. It's an easy round, buddy. Nah, nah, nah. Hey, 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 goodbye. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the medium Whoa. questions here, ladies and gentlemen. Tolu, Gianni, and PC have made it on to the next round. Um, let's go ahead and get it started, guys, with the first question. So what year was Scotty Pippen drafted in the NBA? Was it 1988, 1987, 1989, or none of the above? What year was Scotty Pippen drafted in the NBA? 1988, 1987, 1989, or none of the above? We ain't even reached the hard questions yet, bro. I love this. <laughs> you guys ready? Are you still thinking? I'm ready. All right, Tolu. 1987. All right, uh, Gianni. 1988. And PC. 1988. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Tolu, you are going to the final round because it was 1987. I don't know why he keeps doing it. So, that was yeah, so now it's between um, Gianni and, and, and PC. So let's move on to the next one. Oh, here we go. Who holds the record for most turnovers in an NBA game? Is it James Harden? Is it Giannis Antetokounmpo? Is it Jason Kidd? Or is it Chris Mullen? Who holds the record for most turnovers in an NBA game? James Harden, Giannis, Jason Kidd, or Chris Mullen? You ready? Yeah. Go ahead, PC. Um, I feel like Chris Mullen was an outlier here because if it was Kid or Harden, I feel like I would hear more about it. Be trolled by people like Tolu. <laughs> Gianni? <laughs> I picked Harden with 13 in a, in a playoff game. So the answer was actually Jason Kidd, believe it or not, PC. All right. That's so fine. Jason Kidd. All right. Um, Okay, Pele, the soccer player, right, won blank World Cups in his career. Is it four, two, five, or three? Pele won blank World Cups in his career. Four, two, five, or three? All right, go ahead, uh, PC. Um, World Cup only comes around every four years. I say two. Okay. And Gianni? Three. Ladies and gentlemen, Gianni, you are officially moving on <laughs> to the last round with a Mr. Toluani Akintunde. Not bad, not bad, not bad. <laughs> right, you know, I, at least I wasn't last. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, Sean, sure. like, Sean, I'm like somebody, somebody else. All right. Sure. All right, so it's down to hard questions with Gianni and Tolu. For all the marbles. What year did the NBA introduce the three-point line? What year did the NBA did the NBA introduce the three-point line? 1979, 
All right. Total? I'll pick 1979. Johnny? 1979. All right. You both got it right. Damn it. All right. Um, okay. Matthew Stafford won his one and only ring with the Rams last year in the Super Bowl. After being on the Lions his entire career, how many years did Matthew Stafford play on the Lions before being traded to the Rams? Was it 10 years, 12 years, 14 years, or nine years? How many years did Stafford play on the Lions before being traded to the Rams? 10 years, 12 years, 14 years, nine years. I'm ready. Go ahead, Gianni. Um, I picked 10. 10 years, okay. Tolu? I picked 12. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Tolu is the winner of trivia this week. Go ahead and give it up for him. Yay. Woohoo. Wonderful. Yay. So exciting. I love the hate. I love the hate. Love him. Well, this is nasty. So that means, Sean. You need to come up with questions next time that Tolu will never, ever get right, bro. He's just going to cheat his way through it once again. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Shit, I, knew, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Shut up, Sean. You all, you, you got eliminated. We're going to start, bro. We're going to start making Tolu record outside. Like, for real, bro. He's going to sit on the roof or something, bro. Because I'm still not convinced. Because you was looking at that screen that you went mm-hmm. to writing, son. I, I know what I saw. All right, bro. All right, bro. Whatever makes y'all sick. Okay. Cry, sob, weep. I'm the champion, and there's nothing y'all can do about it. Cry. 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 Blue is now a seven-time champion, bro. I am. Yeah. That is bad. He's the Houston Astros of We Hate Sports, bro. Okay, he can't bro. keep getting away with this. He's already been caught, and he's, we still Cry. allow him to play. Cry. Cry, sob, weep. But anything mm-hmm. else is a Mickey Mouse victory for anybody else. That's fine. Oh, I I can't wait until next trivia, bro. <laughs> Sean, you better not troll anybody with the damn questions. These better be <clears throat> the greatest questions of your entire life next Can month. we admit wait, can we all admit my questions were really good though? Like can we all just like Mm-mm. wow? No, it's kinda ass. Wow. Haters. Mm-hmm. So anyways. <laughs> Haters. All right. Great segment, guys. Great segment. Congratulations, Tolu, on your Mickey Mouse win. I am so Shut proud of you. <laughs> say, it, say it again. Say it again. What's that word? Mickey what? Grown oh, ass people Mouse. saying Mickey Mouse. Grown. Totally. That is so ironic. Mickey Mouse. Crazy. Crazy. Anyways. <laughs> so ironic. Time to move on to our next segment, which is our NFC and AFC championship breakdowns. Um, for the first game, I'll go with Philly versus Frisco. PC, what was your main takeaways from the game? I mean, where do I even start? Uh, this game, for all intents and purposes, was supposed to be the ultimate matchup for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, this was supposed to be the team that was going to finally stop Philadelphia. All right. Um, And I just want to say for everybody here, I did not want to win that game the way that we won it. 
I wanted to win it with San Francisco at full strength, which is even full strength, considering all the injuries that they have on that team. Brock Purdy, because all I heard leading up into that game all week long was that Brock Purdy was going to come into Philadelphia and he was going to dominate the game and that he was going to pick up a victory for the San Francisco 49ers and that this year is supposedly different for San Francisco. Um, And the first drive that San Francisco 49ers had on offense, Brock Purdy gets taken out. His elbow starts to swell up. He can't feel any feeling in his arm. In his hand, his throwing hand, because Hassan Reddick hit him so hard, and he had to be taken out for the rest of the game. So now enter Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson is supposed to be this, you know, he's the last line of defense. That's this this what San Francisco has to offer, and the dude comes out and he can't even get the ball properly in his hands on a snap, creates a turnover, then he gets knocked out of the game. I believe it was by Hassan Reddick once again. Um, just hitting a lot of people very hard that day. Uh, what more can I really say about the Philadelphia Eagles team? You can, you can say that, yes, they beat Josh Johnson and San Francisco 49ers. They beat the Niners at full strength. Um, but it should not take away what Philadelphia has done this year to even get to that point. Um, I mean... I, I said it since in you know in the group chat. I, I preached about it since week one of the season. The Eagles have been considered the best team in the NFL, and they proved it this past Sunday. It's as simple as that. I don't think us facing Josh Johnson should discredit that in any sort of way. Um, it should, you know, if anything, it's more disrespectful to think that because just because they faced Daniel Jones and Josh Johnson, that this is not an elite team that they can't beat other elite teams. Um, we win our games in the trenches. Passing game, we have it, yeah. Running game, we have it, yeah. But in the trenches, on the O-line and on the D-line, that is where we thrive as a group, as a team. And Jordan Mailata, Jason Kelsey, um, um, Lane Johnson, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, they all got it done this past Sunday. And that's really all I could say about this game, because that's all we really take away. Just appreciate what the Eagles have done this year, because what we've done this year should not be understated because of the opponents that we face. This is still a very damn good football team who has broken a lot of records already. So I just hope that Patrick Mahomes and the 49ers are ready for that, because all I keep hearing is the Eagles got to prepare for Patrick Mahomes. No, no, Patrick Mahomes is one man. Patrick Mahomes has to prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's my takeaway. The Eagles have play, had the luckiest run to the Super Bowl of all time. It's just facts, PC. There's no denying it, okay? Daniel Jones and Josh Johnson. Really? Come on now. Really? Come on. It, it, like, what, what's there to talk about? Okay, we'll see. If the Eagles beat the four, beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, then I'll take then I'll then I'll take them serious. But other than that. Yeah, that game was boring. I mean, it was over at halftime, bruh. Ain't nobody watched that game. It was like, what, 24 to 7? It was over at halftime. Come on. The real game was the Chiefs and the Bengals. So let's move on. Ah, my biggest takeaway of this game probably goes back to the Eagles' number one biggest weakness. Even with 
the Eagles, knowing full well the 49ers were not capable of passing the ball and were going to run the ball essentially every single play, Christian McCaffrey still had 84 yards, a touchdown, and 5.6 yards per carry. That is elite rushing numbers in a game where the Eagles are stacking the box essentially every single play. If they're stacking the box and still can't stop them from running the ball, what are they going to do when they can't stack the box against the Chiefs, have to drop 7-8 every single play? Isaiah Pacheco has been a very good rookie running back this season, and I think he's in for a monster game in the Super Bowl. That is my biggest takeaway. How many yards did Isaiah Pacheco have in that game? Uh, I can check right now. But I do know that... If you think Isaiah Pacheco, who I really like as a running back, if you think he is anything like Christian McCaffrey, you are a biased and delusional No, he's not Christian McCaffrey, but he'll be in a much better situation to succeed because the Eagles will be much more worried about the pass against the Chiefs than they were against Josh Johnson and the plays where they didn't even have a quarterback. And it was either Brock Purdy, who couldn't throw the ball because of his shoulder, or Christian McCaffrey essentially running the wild the Wildcat. Mm, I hope we're not using that excuse this whole time about Brock Purdy, Sean, because I already told you, I don't feel no sympathy because, like I said, my quarterback... Nobody's asking for sympathy. It's just I'm just fact. saying... It's not a fact. I said, it my is quarterback a fact. Play, how come my quarterback play and you play It's not the it? same severity of injury. Okay. And for your information, okay. Sean, I say Pacheco only had 26 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals this past Sunday. And let's see what he does when the when the Eagles defense that struggles against the run and has to focus on the pass. Let's see what he does in that game. We're really comparing Christian McCaffrey to Isaiah Pacheco right now. No, we're not. We're, just saying, we're no, recognizing exactly the Eagles' weakness that's and exactly that the Chiefs doing. are going to have a great running game. You are flexing 87 yards and a single touchdown. 5.6 yards per carry. That's elite. Okay. All right. You got to jump. Okay. did have that big run against you guys, just so you know. That was crazy. That was, that was their only points of the game. Yeah. My takeaway is that we out-physical the most physical football team in, in football. The Niners are the most physical football team in, in, in football. I think we can all agree that their defense is basically amazing and everything. My thing, too, is that the way we dominate the run game and everything, that we bully them, basically, that defense. Not many teams really bully that 49ers front. I hope you guys know that. I don't. I don't care about the quarterback situation of the 49ers. They're still. They have one of the best offensive lines. I feel in football too. And Trent Williams. Um, I don't know. He was starting fighting instead of like he actually wanted to fight instead of actually play football. In my opinion, like he was not even focused in the game. Even before Brock Purdy got hurt, he he was like lost. I feel. Even before the game, I think he started chirping and stuff like that. I just don't know, man. Like, I, I just feel like people are going to use the quarterback excuse and everything. But the way we, we um beat them up was pretty good. Like, we, we beat them up. We even beat up their quarterbacks, too. That, that's what we do. And I feel like come Super Bowl Sunday, everybody's talking – like, Sean's talking about Pacheco and the run. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to run the, the football the way – um. The, the Niners can run the football. In my opinion, I think it's going to be more pass versus the, the run. 
I think, instead of the run, basically. So this is going to be a matchup that I feel like if, if the Chiefs' O-line doesn't protect Mahomes well enough, this is going to probably be a, a, a really, really long night for um, Patrick Mahomes. It, it, it won't be any different from Super Bowl 55, basically, because the way they, they – um, the way the um, game plan for Mahomes in that game was, was, like, insane. I think you could say, okay, he has a better offensive line this time than in that Super Bowl. But this is going to be – if he can't run well out of the pocket, I feel like we got him where we want him, basically. And I don't care what anybody says about um, Mickey Mouse um, championship game and everything like that. That Niners team, no matter the quarterback – they, they basically, I don't know what kind of Shanahan does with his quarterbacks, but he puts his quarterbacks in harm's way. I'm not sure if you saw the play that Greg Kittle was the tight end trying to block um, Reddick instead of, you know, their old lineman. And I don't know why. He did that, I think, with Jimmy G um, two months ago, and he broke his um, foot um, because they didn't put the right pass blocker there. So, in my opinion, Kyle Shanahan, too, deserves so much blame for this as well because he puts his quarterbacks in harm's way. And I just feel like we just out-physical the most physical football team in football. I mean, everybody basically touched on it. Um, Eagles are the most loaded roster in the NFL, best team in the NFL. Um, I mean, but I think the biggest takeaway I learned is that they could, they could honestly – I mean – Goes back to what me and Sean's has been kind of trying to tell PC and Sean since the be- or or Gianni since the beginning is that you can honestly plug a bunch of quarterbacks in this system and they will succeed and you'd still be in the same exact position as you would be right now. And I'm gonna say that I mean 125 yards is 125 yards passing. Uh, I don't even think he had over 10 rushing yards yesterday. I know he had negative by, by the uh, by the time the game started in the second half. I think he had like three rushes for negative two yards. I mean. PC Gianni, when you have a an extremely loaded roster like this, a roster that we've never seen as far as special teams, offenses, defense. I mean, you can plug a lot of quarterbacks in the system, man. Jalen Hurts is about to get a huge contract, and I'm not going to say that he doesn't deserve it because I'm, I mean he's the quarterback that's in this system right now under Nick Sirianni. Um, so I mean, I mean you got to pay that guy. You can't just let him go for anything. But I mean. Honestly, bro, this shout out to shout out to your your organization, man. This is the most loaded roster I have ever seen in my life, bro. And it's absolutely incredible. And you guys are probably going to win the Super Bowl um, because of it. All right. <clears throat> Moving on to our next game, which was Kansas City versus the Bengals. Sean, what was your biggest takeaways from this game? Mm, this is a tough one. My biggest takeaway is probably that the Kansas City Chiefs defense, I think, is for real. Like, we uh, certainly slander the Chiefs defense a lot throughout the entire Patrick Mahomes era. Like, it's always been the defense, the defense, the defense. They're they're what's holding the team back. Last night, or when, yeah, last night, I think the Chiefs defense won them that game. They held Joe Burrow and company, a great offense, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, to 20 points. 
the Bengals don't get held to 20 points very often. So that was very impressive for the Chiefs to be able to do that. They forced two turnovers on Joe Burrow, completely shut down the running game. The run defense was elite. Their defensive line dominated all night. And now you can all absolutely say the Bengals' offensive line is a mess. And that's 100% true. And that's a big reason why they dominated. But the Bengals have had a bad offensive line all year and have still found ways to put up numbers. But they were not able to last night. So I think my biggest takeaway is shout-out to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. They balled out when they needed to. Um, my biggest takeaway that I understand about the Bengals online, they've been holding it up and everything, but like this was a terrible matchup, I feel, um, against that defensive line. I think they are second in sacks, and if you can't protect Joe Burrow, I thought they didn't have any chance, um, especially when they fell behind 13 to 3. Like, I was kind of iffy. I thought it was going to be probably blowout range, basically, because they couldn't protect Burrow. And that's the thing, like, I feel that is the biggest issue with them because they can't protect Burrow. Those injuries, they are down four offensive line, and the Chiefs' defense took advantage of it, and that was the difference, I feel, in the game. And that penalty, too, that st- stupid penalty from that defender, I don't know what he was thinking. I think it was lack of focus or something that led them to game winning for um, Kansas City. I just felt like that Cincinnati still has that offensive line issue. The Rams beat them 23-20 to last season, um, beating up Joe Burrow as well. Um, they need to find a way to – I know I think his contract extension is going to be talked about this offseason, so I don't know how much they can improve that offensive line still. So, but that's the biggest question mark for Cincinnati. If they don't fix the offensive line, I don't care how far they go next season, they're going to get beaten by a good defensive front. And their defense, to me, didn't show up as well. Um, especially in in that um, early, they, they were kind of shaky early, the, the Bengals' um, defense. So Kansas City um, survived in, in, in events. Uh, it was a, like a classic, I felt, the game. It could have gone either way, the game, basically. Uh, really, I think my biggest takeaway from the game is I think that a lot of people, uh, including myself, really underestimated the Chiefs when Tyreek Hill was traded. Um, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Tyreek Hill would be traded and that the Chiefs would somehow end up back in the Super Bowl, I would have absolutely called you crazy. Um, but this just shows the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, our greatest quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion, if he somehow finds a way to beat this Eagles team, he'll be the GOAT over Tom Brady. We can have that conversation another day. I just think, honestly, two Super Bowls in your first five years. Uh, MVP, about to be a two-time MVP. I mean, honestly, bro, there isn't much that Patrick Mahomes has not done. And honestly, bro, I, I, you just can't, you just can't, honestly, you just can never doubt Patrick Mahomes, bro. This man is the Michael Jordan of the NFL, bro. And honestly, he always has a chance, to be honest. Um so, yeah, really sad. I just uh, the biggest thing I learned was just Patrick Mahomes greatness. Honestly, I knew he was already great. But damn, this mother effort is really, really great, bro. Honestly, to beat that Bengals team, um, I gave them absolutely no chance. I said it on the podcast last week. I expected this to be a blow up to be a blowout just specifically because of the Chiefs defense. I didn't trust them at all. And I just trusted the Bengals offense a little more. And um, and, and Sean pointed on it uh a little earlier when he made his take. This 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 uh Chiefs defense, they look legit. Um they really played their best game when it mattered the most against this Bengals team. Um and honestly, if 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 this defense plays the way that they played 
um, against the Eagles the way that they played last night, uh, they have a real legitimate chance um, to beat this Eagles team. I, I, I'm still going to go with the Eagles. I just think that they're an overall better team. But I'm just saying I, I can't doubt Patrick Mahomes. Bro. If anybody can beat this Eagles team, it's Patrick Mahomes. So really the biggest thing I learned was the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. What's up, Sean? You want to say something, bro? You literally raised your hand, Sean. You don't want to say anything? Okay, never mind. Go ahead. I agree with you, Kay. Um, we gotta, we just gotta acknowledge greatness. Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle sprain, you know, with all the, all the all the critics earlier in the year saying that, uh, oh, they lost Tyreek Hill, they're not gonna make it back to the Super Bowl. He lost uh, all his receivers injured, you know, came in the Arrowhead and beat the Bengals, and after the Bengals were. Pretty much disrespecting them all week, from the mayor to um, um, I think it was uh, Eli Apple calling it a, a quote unquote Burrowhead because the Chiefs have not beaten the Bengals yet. But my biggest takeaway is that this is not the this is like these teams are going to see each other for many 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 years because I feel like there's a rivalry brewing between the Bengals and the Chiefs because let's just keep it a stack. Patrick Mahomes owns Josh Allen. Okay. Josh Allen had his chance. Josh Allen had his chance to to be that trick kryptonite. What you looking at me for, Desi? Am I wrong? I'm gonna just let you finish your stupid take. Just like just like Eli Apple and them calling. All right, yeah, finish. Patrick Mahomes, I mean Josh Allen had his chance and he blew it. Patrick Mahomes beat that man three times in the AFC Championship game. So he had his chance. He blew it. But Joe Burrow and and the Cincinnati Bengals had actually beaten Patrick Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. And now Patrick Mahomes respects Joe Burrow. He sees Joe Burrow as a threat to him. So I feel like there's a rivalry brewing between these two teams. Because let's at the end of the game, you heard what Travis Kelsey said. No, he said, "Know your roller, shut your mouth." He said he was talking. They were all. They were talking to the Bengals. They were. They were smoking their cigars. They were doing. They were. They were trolling the Bengals. They were trolling Eli Apple. Cancun on three. So I feel like we're. This is not the first time we're going to see these two teams trying to get to the Super Bowl. It's not the first time, and it definitely won't be the last time. This is a rivalry brewing. But go ahead, Desi. Since you have a problem with what I said. So, so totally. Let me get this straight for the listeners. So are you saying that you are putting the Bengals to face the Chiefs in these tough games over your Baltimore Ravens? Meaning that Lamar Jackson will be traded and you have absolutely no... No, 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 no. I did not say that. I did not say that. That's I what said I there's a rivalry brewing between these two teams. Okay. Now, I did not say the Ravens are going to be... I want to be bad against the Bengals. Bro, <laughs> they beat us by a touchdown with Tyler Huntley. We know the Bengals more than the Chiefs, bro. It's like we're gonna like come on now. I'm not. I didn't say that. What I said that there's a rivalry between these two teams. All I know is my Eagles are in the Super Bowl and we won it at all, baby. Let's move what? on. Bro, uh, anyway. Let Desi go. Let Desi go. Anyways, I don't really have too much to say other than Tolu. You don't know football for the simple fact that Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes owns Josh Allen. It's just a fact, bud. No, Tolu, Tolu, you let you let, she let you go. I let you talk. Let me talk. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. 
You don't know football for the simple fact that they are two and two. Josh Allen has not lost to Patrick Mahomes to, uh, three times in the AFC Championship. It was technically once. Okay. okay. The other time, the other time, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't in the AFC Championship. It doesn't, but he said three times. Like, you're Josh, lying. Patrick, every time they face when oh, it actually matters, Patrick Mahomes won. PC, so this is what I'm saying. They keep saying it don't matter. So the regular right. season games yeah, don't They've matter. only faced each other matter. one time in the playoffs. Now, now, hold on. Time out, time out. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have only faced each other one time in the playoffs. In the right in the AFC Championship. We faced them in the Not other, sure. what's the name? Oh, they only played once? No, we played twice. Or, it was two times. Excuse last me. year what, and then 2020. Times? Yeah, it was last okay, year. Yeah, no, it was two times. Okay, so. But it wasn't in the AFC Championship. It doesn't matter. Mahomes Patrick, has yes, two victories. Patrick Mahomes has two victories over Allen where it matters. Okay. Exactly. How do it? But this is why I'm confused. How doesn't it matter? When it comes down to playoff, when it comes down to the playoff seeding, that they're gonna look at that game and every other AFC game and see who gets the number one seed. All of that matters. What we're saying, Desi, what we're saying, because I get what people are trying to say. I get what people are trying to say. That doesn't, to the extent of what people think matters, but to say all outright. Josh Allen just beat him for whatever because if Josh Allen would have lost those regular season games, would y'all be saying the same thing? No, you would not. You but would I, say what? He owed, he owns him. He's 0-4 against. That's what I'm saying. So don't sit up here and try to move the goalposts because that's but, exactly what y'all are doing. And uh-huh. Patolu, I don't even understand why you're talking to me because Josh Allen owns Lamar Jackson. So please sit down. <laughs> I knew Lamar was going to be in. He owns Lamar Jackson. I'm too familiar with your game, Honestly, I feel like nobody really cares about Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes anymore. It's all about Patrick Mahomes versus. But yes, they do. Yes, they do. They don't. We want to see Joe Burrow. Nobody cares about Joe Burrow's the only quarterback that has beaten Mahomes. Gianni, Sean, am I wrong? People care more about. Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. They care about whoever's that, matching up because that. even before every PC, who did they have going to the AFC Championship game? Us before and KC, correct? Exactly. Before this year, it was Bill, Bills versus Chiefs. That was a huge that was, See, that was the hot topic. All right. See, but people are going to go. People Listen, people are going to go with the trend. All right. When we saw Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes face off in the AFC Championship game and in that divisional game, we were like, okay. This is the rivalry. I was I was one of those people. I was like, okay, this is the rivalry for the next 10 years. These two are about to dominate the AFC for the next 10 years. And Joe Burrow has to his to his respect, he has come in and is like, okay, no. And he has We're a better receiving be court. This is what I'm saying. They they have this what I'm saying. Everybody literally gifted uh, Stephon Diggs. This is the reason why Josh Allen is so good, but we don't say anything about who Joe Burrow has. We don't do that to every other quarterback. So why mine? I can sit up here and tell you yeah, who my draft, quarterback they draft players, so draft And them. that's fine. And that's fine. We drafted ours too. Okay, so then why are you complaining about the weapons that they have? Draft them. I'm just saying, you're if you're never mind, okay. 
because obviously it's never going to get like are we gonna are we mad that they're good that they know how to draft that's great okay it's not even who they're drafting they're just trash enough to draft these great players i never like my like my gm said i never want to be so trash i draft over for the Bengals. they ain't gonna gonna be having no high draft picks for sure because in a minute they're gonna have to pay everybody just like we're in the same situation no after this season have to pay burrow and t higgins and everybody so I don't yeah, think they have to pay Burrow for like two more years. Both these teams made of, right? And huh? who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe let's say Lamar does resign with the Ravens, and for all we know, Lamar can lead the Ravens back to or to the AFC Championship game, and it could be no, Ravens no. versus Chiefs. You know, and that that would be little, like the only like big top rivalry that people Josh talk Allen. about. Right? He is. He will. Without Justin maybe we'll Tucker. see the Dolphins. Without Justin Tucker. Or the Jets Justin. with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, watch out for that. Nah, for there's real. always I'm going to be that. there's always going to be somebody that tries to take on Mahomes. But I'll, I'll say this for the the takeaway. But uh, I also do want to point out, TK, I told you stay on that side. All right, you are not you are not. I don't want you even on the bandwagon for Eagles. All right, mm-hmm. you've been oh, down this all year long. So you yeah, you yeah. can say you can say over there, buddy. I'm you not can say over there. Not picking the right. Eagles. That's number one. You can say Eagles fly. No, stay over there. Um. I want to get myself number two, a nice little pat on the back, because I was the only one who said that the Chiefs actually had a chance at winning this game. Um, because Joe Burrow, for as good as he is, I heard going into this game that in the in the battle, uh, Patrick Mahomes would be the better quarterback if he was healthy. Joe Burrow is the better quarterback. Well, the Chiefs pick up the victory. Patrick Mahomes on one good leg managed to pull his team from the trenches and pick up the victory. Players that we didn't expect to step up stepped up. Marquez Valdez Scantling, a signing that they had from from Green Bay on one year deal when Darius Tony, Juju Smith, and, and Noel Gray all went down. They need somebody to step up. And VS did exactly that. Had a career day. All the rookie corners that they have in that secondary of Kansas City. They stepped up when they needed to. So when I talk about Kansas City Chiefs, um ever since before the season started, we doubted what this team was capable of. We doubted that, oh, they lost Tyreek Hill. They're about to be in, you know, last place in this bloodthirsty division with the Chargers who just got Khalil Mack and now they have Khalil Mack and, and Joey Bosa and you know the the uh, Raiders who have Devontae Adams now and you got the you have the um why am I forgetting that third team in that conference the Broncos you got the Broncos who have Russell Wilson so the Chiefs are about to fall off all right Patrick Holmes the thing of the past we all forgot what greatness looks like it was for a short period of time but we all forgot what greatness looks like Patrick Mahomes is greatness he is one of one he's him what more can we really say about this guy you know because there are people that truly think he has a really good chance at being the Eagles and he does he has a very good chance at being the build up Eagles in the Super Bowl because of what he's able to do on that football field Um, there are not many that could do it like him um, and what we saw this Sunday with a legacy game, it was what I, I called it. It was a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes, you know, against 
the guy that had three wins against him. He had never been before in his career. The Joe Burrow, for all intents and purposes, was the kryptonite to Patrick Mahomes' Superman, but Superman found a way. Superman found a way at the end of the day because he's Superman. Patrick Holmes is Patrick Holmes, and he's going to find a way with whoever he has at his disposal. And for his case, this game, it was that defense that stepped up, Chris Jones, and the rookie uh, corners that they have in that secondary. You also had um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, like I said, and, of course, Travis Kelsey with that duo. I mean, who can stop that? So I just hope this this just proves everybody to – Please stop telling what Patrick Mahomes can do. All right. We we need to stop doing that. We need to put that in the bud, right? Nip that in the bud right now. All right. Stop comparing Patrick Mahomes to other quarterbacks. All right. Quarterbacks that we see coming out of the draft. Stop comparing them to Patrick Mahomes because he is one of one. He is that guy. He's him. That's what I got. Biggest takeaway I got from that game. On one leg, I, I can't help but respect it. All right, guys. That wraps up that segment for us it's time to move on to segment three which is our nfl award show um first category offensive player of the year um the finalists are patrick mahomes jalen hurts justin jefferson and tyreek hill tk who do you think should win uh, hands down, it's easy to Justin Jefferson. Hands down, best wide receiver in the NFL this year. The most important reason why the Vikings were as successful as they were on offense this year because the defense was terrible. Uh, 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 can't even think of the quarterback's name. Uh, Kirk Cousins was just so up and down this season, honestly. And you can make a legitimate argument that if Justin Jefferson was not on that team, this team probably does not make the playoffs. Justin Jefferson is 100% the offensive player of the year, and he should be an MVP candidate as well. Okay, PC, who do you think should win? If Jalen Hurts didn't exist, Justin Jefferson would be my choice. Um, but because I think MVP is going to somebody else, I think it has to go to Jalen Hurts. Uh, um, I mean, he kind of had the same track that Mahomes had. A lot of people doubt him. Um, you know, a lot of people had their their uh, skepticism about him. Um, but he has come out and he's proven a lot of people wrong this year. And because of it, the Eagles are out in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, he had over. Uh, 20 yards passing, or excuse me, 20 touchdowns passing, um, and I believe he is on franchise record for most rushing yards in a season by Eagles quarterback, so I, I will go Jalen Hurts. Okay, and now Sean, who do you think should win? It is so funny to me that immediately <laughs> after PC goes on a rant saying, nobody is Patrick Mahomes, he's one of one, nobody should be talked about with him. He then goes on to say, you know, Jalen Hurts is a pretty similar story to Patrick Mahomes. Like, <laughs> right after each other. Storyline-wise, because both of them were doubted this year. They were. Oh, okay. They were. Okay. You are still one of Jalen Hurts' haters. You do it every single week, so I don't know why you said that. All right. I, it was just funny to me. I'm not, say, I'm not even saying you're wrong. I just found it a little funny. Um, my pick is Justin Jefferson. I'm a strong believer that offensive player of the year should be a skill position award. A skill position never going to win the MVP. A running back, a wide receiver, a tight end are never going to be the most valuable player in the league. That's just not how the game is played anymore. Because of that, this award should be for them. Um, and so it shouldn't be belong to any quarterback. And I think the best skill position player this season was Justin Jefferson. He was the biggest 
factor of the Vikings offense. Kirk Cousins, as TK said, was up and down, had some good moments, had some bad moments. The running game was not great this season. Dalvin Cook had a bit of a down year. Mediocre offensive line. TJ Hawkinson addition was big midseason. But really, that offense was Justin Jefferson. They, The rest of their wide receivers, Adam Thielen's washed. KJ Osborne's a decent at best wide receiver. Three. That offense is Justin Jefferson, and he deserves a ton of credit for that the season he had. And he deserves this Offensive Player of the Year award. All right. Defensive Player of the Year, Michael Parsons. Nick Bosa or Chris Jones. And I got to give an honorable mention to Hassan Reddick because he should definitely. You mean Sexy Dexy. That's such a sus name, Sean. You mean Sexy Dexy. (laughs) So Lawrence didn't do anything this year. What? Not on the level level of Hassan Reddick. If all you care about is sex, then sure. He didn't have just sex. He had five force fumbles as well. Come on. Come on, Sean. And what about the run defense? What about the pressures? What about the run defense? Okay, anyways, anyways. PC, what do you think should uh, should Well, I appreciate you for that shout-out for my boy because he did get robbed. He should have at least been a finalist. But I digress. It's Nick Bosa. We all know it's Nick Bosa. Next next person. You guys probably think Vic Beasley should have won Defensive Player of the Year when he had like 16 sacks or something. No, absolutely not. Uh, anyways, uh, I would go Nick Bosa. Uh, there's probably some anti-Cowboys bias in that decision. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's very close between these two. I think they're the two best offensive players in the league, at the very least at the pass rusher position. I think it's, they're 1A and 1B. I think 49, uh, Nick Bosa was on the better defense. He led the better overall unit. I believe his stats are mostly better in terms of sacks, pressures, QB hits. In terms of those, I'm pretty sure Nick Bosa is slightly ahead of Micah Parsons. Uh, Nick Bosa is much better in the run game when lining up at a true edge position. Micah Parsons doesn't, isn't elite at that. He, he was originally an off-ball linebacker, so he's a bit smaller than most uh, full-time defensive ends like Nick Bosa, so he does struggle in that category a little bit. So I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. I think anyone picking Michael Parsons, that's perfectly fine. He's a well-deserving candidate as well. Okay. Offensive Rookie of the Year. The finalists are Brock Purdy, Garrett Wilson, and Ken- Kenneth Walker III. Sean, who do you think should win? Where the hell is Chris Olave in this list? Like, whoa, whoa, this is like the first one where I'm like, actually, what the hell were they doing? Like, Chris Olave should be, would be my number one if it was up to me. But I guess... I'm not allowed to go with him because he's technically not a finalist. Uh, Brock Purdy being on here is a little weird. He did have a good season, but like as we've all seen, it, I, I think it's more the Shanahan system than it is Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. He played less than a half a season. I don't think he did anything overly impressive. Brock Purdy should not be in consideration, in my opinion. It's between Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, and should be Chris Olave, but I guess we're not including him. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. I think he carried the Jets off, and he had an absolutely terrible QB play all season. This is coming from someone who's maybe a little bit low on Garrett Wilson entering the draft. No, not that I thought he sucked or anything, just that he wasn't my wide receiver one. But the things he did on that offense after Brees Hall went down, which also, that reminds me, shout out Brees Hall. He probably would have won this if he didn't. I think he tore his ACL. Whatever his injury was, that definitely held him back from winning this award, probably running away with it. And because of that, I'm going to go with the other Jet who carried the offense after he went down. Pretty much had no other wide receiver threats. Elijah Moore was not a part of the offense. Terrible quarterback play. Terrible running game. Garrett Wilson was the New York Jets offense. So he is my pick for rookie of the year. Sean, 
How could you get the answer wrong, bro? It's Brock Purdy, dude. This dude won ten game, what seven games in a row on his way to an NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles in a situation where literally the third string quarterback, as a rookie, took this team to the NFC Championship game, bro. And I understand you say, oh, it's Mike Shanahan, it's it's uh, Kyle Shanahan in the system. I mean, we can make the same argument for for the take that uh, PC just had as far as uh, offensive player of the year with uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. So I mean, I'm not I'm not going to do that. To, Brock Purdy doesn't deserve that, honestly. Um, the Jets didn't make the playoffs with their rookie quarter with their rookie. The Seahawks made the playoffs, but I mean, they just were not good um and he didn't really play effect in that game so man it, it, it has to be brock purdy bro 16 touchdowns to two interceptions i mean that's absolutely incredible over a thousand yards um his passer rating was way way up there i mean and honestly i understand it's a guy it's a kyle shanahan just, i agree with you sean 100 percent, i agree with you kyle shanahan is just he's a quarterback guru that you can plug any type of quarterback in the system but it's still a rookie quarterback who did this bro so i gotta give it to brock purdy i gotta say it's brock purdy there's a lot of bias takes going on right now with TK, but um, if Bryce, if Brees Hall never got hurt, I, I think he would be offensive rookie of the year. But I digress. Um, I think I'm going to go with, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna go with Kenneth Walker. Um, you know, I, I was high on Kenneth Walker. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of doubted him because he was injured uh, going into the draft when he got drafted. Um, but when he came back from his injury, I don't think anybody expected him to have the season that he did. And the Seahawks made the playoffs. I, I like Garrett Wilson. If Garrett Wilson wins, I'll be p- completely okay with that. But um, Kenneth Walker, you know, his team got to the playoffs. Uh, he inserted himself, established himself as running back one. Uh, you know, and that's something that I think Seattle fans miss because, you know, uh, it was Chris Carson that retired. He had to retire due to injury. Um you know, sort of for Kenneth Walker to come in and be like, no, this is my role now. Uh, I just like something about that. Um, and whoever the quarterback going forward for Seattle is, uh, they're going to have a good uh, one-two combo with them and uh, Kenneth Walker. So for me, I'm, I'm going to go Walker. All right. Next is Defensive Rookie of the Year. The finalists are Aiden Hutchison, Sauce Gardner, and Tariq Woodland. Woodland, my bad. CK, your pick. It's 100% Sauce Gardner, bro. Uh, everybody knows that. Everybody knows how high I was on him coming out of Cincinnati. Um, this dude never allowed a single touchdown in the NFL or in uh, college football, and I and I figured that he would exactly carry. The, the, he, I figured that he would carry what he carried on from Cincinnati into the NFL, and we're seeing it the first season. Um, I thought Patrick Sertan had one of the better rookie seasons that I've ever seen from a cornerback, but what Sauce did this year, bro, was truly sensational. Um, I think he's he was also did he make the first? I think he made the first pro all defensive team this. Year as well as a rookie and that's the first time that's happened and um i don't know how long but yeah man sauce is the truth he's generational bro and honestly um the jets are the jets may have found um they're the real revis 2.0 bro because that dude is going to be absolutely special uh sauce is good and you know we're gonna be talking about him uh i think for the next five years compared to Tariq Woolen. but I, I think we're dealing with the michael carr williams situation here Tariq Woolen's season should not be undermined. Um, Sauce only had two interceptions this year. Woolen had six. All right. Uh, he he pretty much led the NFL for most of the season in interceptions. And uh, he came out absolutely nowhere. All right. Nobody expected him to be as good as he was. Um, you know, and next to Sauce in, you know, Stingley, like, you know, I don't know if we're going to be talking about Woolen for the next five to ten years, but... Um, if he continues on the track that he was this season, 
Um, I think he's going to be in that conversation sooner or later. Um, I would have him as defensive rookie of the year. But kind of like for the same reason I had Walker. I cannot believe PC just did that. I, I was coming in here ready to say, like, this should be the most easy, most obvious answer of all time. Sauce Gardner had one of the best defensive rookie seasons I have ever seen. Micah Parsons last year is also up there. But Sauce Gardner was shutting down wide receiver ones every single week. He was doing something most 10-year veterans are not capable of doing. He did it as a rookie. Sauce Gardner is already a top-five cornerback. I believe he was all-pro, definitely Pro Bowl. He was definitely getting some awards already. Shout-out. Sauce Gardner is the easy answer for Defensive Rookie of the Year. There's no question about it. Tariq Woolen had a great season, but he doesn't get bonus credit. He doesn't get extra credit for being drafted later. He doesn't get extra credit for being a, a smaller name. Sauce Gardner got drafted higher because he was the better player in college, and he proved that he was also the better player in the NFL and deserves this award. All right. Now it's time for Comeback Player of the Year. Um, the finalists are Geno Smith, Christian McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley. PC, who do you think should win? You were off, but you didn't write back. That's a cold-ass bar for a bad, bad man. Geno Smith all the way. All right. At one point, I thought he was going to be in contention for MVP. That's how great he was playing. All right. He, he finally cooled off. Um, you know, and he wasn't able to beat the 49ers. But that's okay. Geno Smith has at least earned one more year as the Seahawks starter. So I'm going with Geno Smith. I guess with these being the options, I would probably also go Geno Smith, but the real answer is not listed for some reason. Nick Gates, who's a smaller name, he's an offensive lineman on the Giants, who's a fringe starter, mostly a rotational guy at left guard. He had the same exact injury as Alex Smith, where we didn't know if he was going to walk again. That was a very real possibility that he may have never walked again. And he came back and was starting games in the season, in the playoffs. Nick Gates should be comeback player of the year. He came back from something that most guys are not capable of coming back for. Alex Smith didn't have the best season ever when he came back from his devastating, cruciating injury. But he, the fact that he was able to come back at all is high, why he won it. And it's the same reason Nick Gates should have been a candidate and should have been the favorite for comeback player of the year. What position did you say he played, Sean? Offensive line. That's your problem right there. Great story, though. I think that's dumb that the offensive line won't receive as much credit just because they play offensive line. I guess for most people, it would be Geno Smith. I guess that's a great story. Um, I mean, out of the answers that's <laughs> available. But, you know, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley, man. At one point, Saquon Barkley was the best running back in the NFL. This was not that long ago, ladies and gentlemen. This was about, what, two, three years ago, Sean? Uh, we had Saquon Barkley as the best running back in the NFL. Um, dealt with a couple of injuries. Um, had one of the greatest bounce back seasons I've seen this year. Um, over, I think I read earlier, it was over 1,300 scrimmage yards. Um one of the biggest reasons why his team made it to the playoffs, got a, got a playoff victory. Um, and honestly, Saquon has played his way back into that top three uh, running back position. I think that was something that was very, very important to him. And he we may be possibly talking about a situation where he gets paid uh, fairly well this offseason because of it. Um, so shout out Saquon Barkley. All right. And now it's time for the coach of the year. Um, the finalists are Sean McDermott, Nick Sirianni, Brian Dable, Kyle Shanahan, and Doug Peterson. Sean, who do you think should win? 
I mean, you you guys already need to know. You all you guys already know my answer. I don't need to go into too much detail. Brian Dable is obviously the coach of the year. The Giants won four games last season. They were out here running QB sneaks on third and nine. They were the laughing stock of the NFL. And in one season. Brian Dable on a team with a bust at quarterback, an injury-prone running back, the, a bottom five wide receiving core, one good offensive lineman, and a defense that nobody believed in was able to not only make the playoffs, but win a playoff game. Nobody thought he would get anywhere close to as far as he got to. We see PC hating. It's because he knows I'm telling the truth. Brian Dable is obviously 1,000% this year's coach of the year. No question. Absolutely. Anyways, no, the, the answer it's only one. It's only one right answer. It's 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 Brian Dable. Um, at the beginning of the season, nobody expected the Giants to make the playoffs. If you would have told me the Giants would have made the playoffs and got a win in the playoffs, I would have told you you were absolutely crazy. Um, Sean didn't believe it this 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 early in the season. I didn't believe it this early in the season. I had to go through about a month. Sean believed it after about a couple of games. But honestly, if you like I said, man, honestly, Brian Dable went into this team, a team that was four and twelve last season. I don't remember when the last time they made the playoffs. I think I made the playoffs. I think it was with 2016. 26 with Eli Manning still a quarterback, correct? It was the last time that this team sniffed a playoff victory or sniffed the playoffs in his first year with basically the same team that he had last year. He turned this thing around 180, got this team into playoffs, got them a playoff win. Honestly, there's there really shouldn't be any other answers um maybe nick seriani i guess but honestly i think that's more of an organization and uh in the general manners that i built that team so i'm not going to give nick seriani that much credit but I, i'm going to give brian dable with the full credit because what he did with that team is absolutely incredible nobody would have thought the giants would got as far as they did this season yeah it's, it's going to be brian dable i don't need to say much else um i will say though don't be surprised if doug pearson takes the upset victory because he was essentially in the same boat as Brian Dayball, all right? He took a Jaguars team that had no reason being in the divisional round this year, and he got them there, all right? I I think we had a bit more high expectations because of their QB situation and, you know, because of their offense in general. But, you know, to make the divisional round um, this year, you know, when a lot of people had them winning just four or five games, I think I'm I'm just saying Doug Peterson deserves, you know, a, a bit more appreciation for that reason alone. But it's probably gonna be Brian Dable. All right. And now for the big win. The most valuable player, aka MVP. The finalists are Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Jefferson. TK, who do you feel should win? I mean, honestly, it's gotta be Josh Allen, bro. Yeah. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Um, I mean, the Buffalo Bills, what they did this – wait, never mind. Um, it's Patrick Mahomes. I got you on, sweetheart. No, it's Patrick Mahomes, honestly. Um, I've been saying this all season. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Uh, for what he did without Tyreek Hill, like I said, a lot of people, a lot of people, including myself, did not expect the, char- did not expect the Chiefs uh, to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Honestly, they didn't have to make the playoffs, to be honest. I thought that the AFC was going to be so tough that the Chiefs were going to be on the outside looking in um, with, ten, with the, as a 10-win, 11-win team, maybe. I thought they would be on the outside looking in, but Patrick Mahomes, honestly, he's just showing you the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, and he's showing you that honestly, if Patrick Mahomes is on the team, you always have a chance. And um, yeah, honestly, Patrick Mahomes is just truly incredible. But like I said, to do what he did without Tyreek Hill, his number one target, um, I, I, I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can give it to anybody else besides Patrick Mahomes. 
Yeah, crazy. You didn't have them go to the playoffs because you thought y'all was going. It's funny because Josh Allen and Russell Wilson in Cancun together. <laughs> it don't matter. Guess what? We, he did win his division and he did go to the playoffs. But sweetheart, we're both in Cancun. It don't matter. A lot of, a lot of both, us in Cancun now. They both sit in Cancun. You know, um, I said earlier, uh, you know, I, I Jalen Hurts should win the offensive player of the year because I feel like Patrick Holmes is going to win the MVP. Um, I feel like looking back at it now, Hurts was a bit doomed from the start of the season because uh, a lot of people had Patrick Holmes winning MVP based on what he was going to do for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. 14 and 3 record, breeze through the divisional on one bad leg, beat Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game. Um, I've already hyped him up enough on this episode. You know, it's it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes didn't exist, then yeah, it would be Jalen Hurts, but it's Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Um, what he's able to do on the field, I mean, I keep saying it, like, it, it just, it can't be replicated. He's one of one. He's him. There are no other real comparisons. All right, he's up there in conversations now for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. All right, um, and he's now chasing Tom Brady. So that's how I feel about Patrick Mahomes. He's MVP. Yeah, so something that I don't think we're really talking about enough, Patrick Mahomes lost a top three wide receiver. I think most of us would agree Tyreek Kill is a top three wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes lost him and got better. That 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 doesn't make any sense. You're you're not supposed to lose a top three wide receiver and get better and get even better. His yards went up by almost 400 yards. Had less interceptions, more touchdowns. Passed over 40 for over 40 touchdowns with Juju Smith-Schuster as his wide receiver one, who had one great year as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And outside of that, was mediocre. Um, Travis Kelsey is obviously there, but in terms of pure wide receivers, he had pretty much nobody. Patrick Mahomes has proven he is. Maybe the most talented player we've ever seen play the game of football. There is nobody who does the things he does. When we're looking at the current landscape of quarterbacks, there is Patrick Mahomes in a tier of his own. And then you have the next tier with the Josh Allen, the Justin Herbert, the Joe Burrows, the Lamars. No, Nobody is in Patrick Mahomes tier. He is one of one, 1A. Nobody else is even close to him. The things he does, we're seeing him do it on, a, on one leg without a wide receiver one. Uh, he just, he's not a human being. He is a robot. He is a cyborg. He deserves all the credit in the world. He's probably going to win eight of the next 10 MVPs and five of the next 10 Super Bowls and go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. I would not be surprised if that happens. Sean, we only asked you about this year. We didn't ask about the next eight and the next 10. See, you going all off the rails. Anyways, finally. Okay. I just want to add one more thing. PC, you seem very encouraged to give the Eagles an award, which the Eagles do deserve an award, but it's not any of the ones we talked about. Howie Roseman, as a Giants fan, I want to give him all the credit in the world. He's executive of the year, and there's no question about it. He built an elite roster around Jalen Hurts, ended up with a top 10 draft pick. You guys can talk about it more if you want, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Shout out Howie Roseman. As much as it burns me to say this, you are an amazing GM and deserve an award for it. You just took the words right out of my mouth. I don't got nothing to say. Chiang, you got anything to say? I mean, when you got your division rival telling you that your GM is great, 
there's not much more you can say. Ali Roseman's turned this team around for the better. And I know he's going to do amazing things this offseason as well because there's going to be a lot of change to this roster. So I can't wait. All right, y'all. Well, that wraps up our award show. Now it's time to move on to our fourth segment, which is my personal favorite, Hot Takes. But before we give ours, um, Tolu, can you please play our WHS Fan Hot Take of the Week? What's up, y'all? This band from Baltimore, of course, Redman, the Baltimore Rangers and the Orioles, and this is your WHS Fan Hot Take of the Week. My hot take is the Ravens trade either a set on a third-round pick and a mid-level player to the Cardinals and get D-Hop. It's only right. That's very what? DeAndre Hopkins to the Ravens. Facts! Um, Facts! Dub! He's a Bill. He's a Buffalo he's, Bill. No, he's, he's not. He will be a Buffalo Bill. Oh, he will be a Buffalo Bill. How much help do y'all need? What you mean we need another receiver? Gabe Davis is a wide receiver three. How much help does Josh Allen? How much help does Josh Allen? MVP. Patrick Mahomes just got the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill, and you need DeAndre Hopkins okay. and Stephon. Okay, he still has Travis Kelsey. He plays pretty much so. So, so like a wide receiver. Wait, but why so. can't Lamar Jackson get a wide receiver one? He don't deserve I never said he can't get a wide receiver one. I don't care what uh, Lamar Jackson gets. I only care about who my Buffalo Bills get, and we have our sight. Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis aren't enough for you guys? Hmm? No, because Gabe Davis is a wide receiver three, not two. Oh, okay. All right, Bren. Anyways. But PC. Bam is bitten. Bam is bitten. And we can it's make it happen. Take. We it's can make it happen. Time, Tolu. Okay, fine. Whatever. Go ahead. Thank you. I feel like the more and more I feed into the stuff Tolu tries to say on this podcast, the more I lose brain cells. So <laughs> I, I try not to engage. Um, anyways, uh, for my hot take this week, um, I, I think it's going to be let's make it let's make it a, a NBA hot take. So, New Orleans Pelicans, um, they're currently I think twenty six and twenty five. They've been just destroyed by injuries, which is very disappointing, uh, considering how they started out the year. Like I think we can all agree, when healthy, like the Pelicans are a real threat in the Western Conference, but uh, this team just can't stay healthy. Um, which concerns me. Randy Ingram's essentially been out for the entire year, and Zion with his injuries, uh, you know, he's, I don't know when he's coming back. Hamstrings are tricky. Um, so my hot take this week is that the Pelicans are not going to be in the playoffs at all. Um, I, I, I think that their injuries are that severe. I think the West is that wide open right now, but just because it's wide open doesn't mean that this team is going to suffer from their injuries. Um, you know, it, it's it's free range for everybody in the Western Conference right now. And a team like, uh, I don't know, let's let's check the standings. You know, a team like the Lakers, you know, who are, you know, still the 13th seed, like they get another good piece. They can, they can easily jump the Pelicans. Um, you have the Mavericks, of course. Uh, you have the Suns, who I know a lot of people have already written off, but if they can finally say help, get healthy of their own, you know they'll they'll be a threat. Um, even the team like the Thunder with Shea, who's having a insane year, you know who should be should be an All Star this year, uh, you know is is capable of being the Pelicans on on their worst day. So I'm saying I, I really hope the Pelicans get healthy. 
because if they don't, I think they're going to be finding themselves in the play-in. And if they're in the play-in and take on a team like the Lakers or the uh, Mavericks or even the Jazz, it may be a bad time for them. All right, TK, your hot take of the week. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to keep it in football because I was looking at something today. It's actually going to be about the Philadelphia Eagles, PC and Gianni. It's not a bad thing, I promise. So the Philadelphia Eagles are on their way to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57, ladies and gentlemen. We really, we really are now in Super Bowl 57. Absolutely. 57 years. All right. So the Eagles have made it to Super Bowl 57. So here's going to be my hot take. Next year, the Eagles have a top 10 draft pick. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. The Eagles have a top 10 draft pick. My hot take is going to be that with that draft pick, whatever that pick ends up being, it is going to be the reason why come this time next year, the Eagles will be back in the Super Bowl for Super Bowl 58. Sean, look, man, I'm sorry, bro, but like, honestly, bro, this never happens, bro. A team that goes to the Super Bowl and still has a top 10 pick, they have two picks in the first round. That's absolutely incredible. They can continue to build around this man, Jalen Hurts, bro, for cheap because of these picks, bro. So my hot take is going to be that the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl this year, Super Bowl 57, that the, that the draft picks, whatever two draft picks they take this year, mainly the top 10 draft pick, is going to be the reason why they end up back in the Super Bowl again next year for Super Bowl 58. TK, you do know like half their roster is free agents, right? Yeah, but I think uh, honestly, with the whole cap room, uh, you just praise Howie Roseman. All right. No, I mean, honestly, I mean, he can't that, bring back him. He, he's a can't great GM, back. but he's not God. He can't bring back everybody, but I think he'll bring back. I mean, I don't expect him to bring back everybody. Me. All right, listen. Well, for free agents, when you talk about half our team are free agents, all right, the biggest ones that really have an impact that I think we need to bring back is CJ Gardner Johnson, CJ Edwards. And maybe James Bradbury, but you know, because I I don't want I don't, I don't mean to slander Bradbury in a sore way when I say this. He's kind of like in the Patrick Robinson role this year, where we sign him to a one-year deal for him to see what he has to prove to the team. And you know, he's been he's been crucial. Yeah, the interception against New York. Um, you know, but Honestly, I think we can fill time. that role. You know, that he leaves if he asks for anything higher than I'd say like fifty million. Um, he's in the same boat as Miles Sanders. Like, you know, they ask for too much money. We can, we can yeah. fill that role. Um, yeah, but I, I think the and biggest, BC, like, BC, could you imagine this? Imagine the scenario where let's say, what's your biggest need on defense? Let's say like they grab a, a defense, like cornerback safety. But, I would probably say cornerback. Okay. So let's say they take a, a top a stout cornerback with that first pick. And then could you imagine that the Eagles with that second pick grab a guy like B. John Robinson, bro? out of texas like just imagine no. imagine bro like that's well, I, I don't know if he's gonna drop that bar but you know like i'd be, I'd be great that'd be great it'd but, be insane it'll be absolutely insane i'm just thinking like with those two picks like, oh so deandre hopkins coming to buffalo and beach mm-hmm. anybody else mm-hmm. anybody else coming to her um we're going to go we're trying to get fletcher cox too sign him to a quick yeah one yeah i heard, uh, I heard then, then, I, i'll say then. this i'll say this now if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox are probably all retiring. 
Yeah, I mean, what, what more would they have to play for? Probably, you know what I mean? But listen, but if not, we're going to go try to get David Bakhtiari, too. You know what I'm saying? We're we going to try. Listen, Jason Kelsey's definitely retiring, you know, regardless win or loss this year. He's PC, definitely... Correct me if I'm wrong. He was there for the first Super Bowl, right? Okay, so yeah, yeah so psh, two rings. Yeah, go ahead and retire. You're going to Hall of Famer easily. Anyways, hey. All first so, TK, mm-hmm. when, you said, when you said that Philly's going back, so you mean to tell me that this Broncos. Giant Super Bowl that you said is. is uh, 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 this is Brian's Eagles. Brian's uh, Broncos Eagles. That's no. <laughs> you know, you just saying, just saying I just needed to hear you say it. I just Bro. needed to hear you say it. That's, that's really funny. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Tolu, your hot take of the week? This is, I would call this a hot take, but this is, a, this is like a, a suggestion for the NBA. NBA. So. I don't know if you guys watched that Celtics Lakers game on Friday. That disgusting at last minute, last minute no call by the referees. I, you don't even get me started on that. So my hot take is the referee, the NBA should suspend referees without pay for at least three to four days if they miss crucial calls like that because. You look at the ref. He's literally standing right there where LeBron is driving. Where LeBron is driving, and Tatum whacks him in the arm. There's no way LeBron is just gonna straight miss a layup and hit the back, hit, hit the backboard, and not even touch the rim, bro. There's no way that happens, man. There's just no way. How is LeBron James? One of the about to be number one in scoring all time can't even get a call in the fourth quarter in a, in a crucial game where there's all the other mofos like Joel and B, like Giannis Antetokounmpo, like Luka Doncic, who are talk, getting multiple free talk, throws per game. But LeBron James can't get I'm out. What Stop call? yourself what right call? there. Talk. Stop yourself talk. right there. Tolu, 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 stop yourself right there because none of those players are getting key calls like that in the final seconds of the game. Uh, Now, I will say, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, all right, unless the foul is blatant. And I will say that that foul LeBron James this past Saturday night was very blatant, all right? The referee should have missed that. He should have have called it, all right? But as fans, I know myself personally – I do not want to see the game determined on a foul. All right. Which is why the Lakers, you know, you keep putting yourself in these scenarios where, you know, you think that you should be getting fouled and it's just simply not happening. Mm. All right. It's not going to happen for a guy like mm. LeBron James who never gets calls. It's not going to happen for a guy like Joel Embiid. All right. In, in, in the final seconds of a close game like that, it's not going to happen for Luca. It's not going to happen for, for, for James Harden. It's not going to happen for, a lot of players, unless the foul is That foul, that foul, should have been called. That foul, LeBron should have been called. I will say because it was very blatant. All right, but I, I'm saying referees are nine times out of ten not going to call that because they do not want the game determined on a foul. No. That's cool, but they had just called that on the other end, and they was calling bad fouls all night. Any talk of late fouls as well. The officiating this week in general was just horrible. Very late. Both in the NBA and the NFL. But PC, here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. It's different if it's if it's bad officiating for one game. 
and it, it, like if it, as, as, as me and Desi being a Lakers fan, we could take it if a, a bad officiating for one game. But it's been four games that have cost us these games, bro. And with the Western right. Conference, wait, Tolush, with the Western Conference being as tight of a race as it, as it is, Tolu, uh, uh, PC, right now we're we're eleventh. Three games separate the eleventh from the fifth spot, bro. That's how close these races are, and it's very, very frustrating that these referees. Four games now, it's very, very frustrating that these referees keep getting it wrong, bro. And for the referee to literally be right there in front of the Bron James and not call it, I mean, it's just completely unacceptable, bro. Unacceptable. I, I get it. Listen, I get it. All right, these referees can be horrible, horrific most of the time. I get it. All right, but what you're also not failing to understand or what you're ignoring. All right. That game was still going to overtime. All right. I Kendrick Perkins, Kendrick Perkins said perfectly on the NBA today, today, um, you know, they were, you know, LeBron. Yes. You were frustrated. Patrick Beverly, you know, he showed the referee with the camera, like look at the foul. It was clearly a foul. And it was, but there was still a game to play. You guys saw a chance to win in overtime. All right. So we can complain all we want about how horrible the referees were. Lakers saw a chance to win that game. Right or wrong? It doesn't matter. The, what it comes down it to is the simple, it No, matters. it comes down to the simple well, PC, fact of we shouldn't have been here. Tech, yeah, technically, yes, you're right. It's still the overtime game. Yes, it's but it's just like we shouldn't have been here. That's it should, yeah. It shouldn't have been there, but never even got to I mean, life. Because all the Bronze That's what I'm LeBron saying. James it's easy for you to say that because it's not your team and you're not in that situation. So it's easy to say, well, hey, build a bridge and get over it. Duh, that's easy because it didn't happen to your sixes. Okay, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, like I said, I can handle one game. You know what I'm saying? A bad officiating, but like as an officiator, you have one job. Your one job is to officiate and to call these plays correctly. And honestly, the, the NBA needs to change their rules as far as the replays and everything, honestly. Mm-hmm. All this needs to go into consideration. Like, what's the point of replays if you can't use the replays to get a call right? Like it's just it's just it's just really annoying. Oh, by the way, one of the refs is a known Celtics fan. I mean, we're we're sitting there watching, we're watching the NFL get better with these things, and we've always placed the NBA on a much higher pedestal than the NFL. But the NFL are getting these calls right with the cameras and fixing everything out, but the NBA still cannot figure the NFL, it out. The NFL is whooping reason, the so. NBA right now. Like they're just whooping the NBA right now in close of views and everything. The NFL. Now the NFL referees are just as horrible. <laughs> oh yeah, there's exactly. no reason the Chiefs yeah. should have had three chances to convert on third and nine. No uh, reason whatsoever. They didn't convert anyway. It doesn't matter. The Chiefs didn't score or they, they had multiple chances. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, totally. They definitely had multiple chances. Referees kind of choked that one too, but yeah, I mean they uh, cheat everywhere. They cheat all game. I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean, and, I, and also, PC, what I was going to say was earlier was uh, with the overtime thing. I don't know how Desi felt, but the minute the game went into overtime, before the overtime even started, I knew we were going to lose. I'm like, yeah, we're, too, we're done. Because we're done. It's yeah, over. because that's what I'm saying. That's why I was upset. That's why, I mean, that's why I understand LeBron's frustration. I was frustrated, too. Like, that's why I'm, they have dude, I don't trust my team in overtime. I don't. I'm sorry, but I just don't, like. And then the fact that you don't sit, you don't play Russell Westbrook the entire fourth quarter, but you throw him in there in overtime. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm over Russ. But anyways, Jenny, your hot take for the week. Um, I got a hot take that I was seeing some news in the NFL like a couple of days ago about Jalen Ramsey getting traded from the Rams 
I think Jalen Ramsey is going to get traded. Um, it's going to be to the Detroit Lions. The Lions need um, um, some defensive help. So, for my hot take, I think the Lions will trade for Jalen Ramsey, and they're going to build around a top 10 defense next season. And that defense will be pretty scary. It's going to be up there with, with Philly and, and San Francisco. It's going to be up there with us in, in San Francisco. And I think between us three, that's going to be the – whoever wins the NFC is going to be between us, um, Detroit, and San Francisco next season. Damn, you think – wait, okay, so are you taking – are you, like, assuming that they draft players and sign free agents as well, or do you think Jalen Ramsey is just that big of a game changer that he's going to change this entire defense? I think they, they add Ramsey okay. you know, to start uh-huh. to help the secondary, and then they're going to add, you know – Okay, draft. gotcha. Okay, okay. That's not bad. And they, they become the third best team. All right, Sean, your high take for the week. All right, I think I'm going to go with a basketball one. Um, trade deadline is two weeks from today, I want to say. It's certainly cl- in that range. Uh, I think the biggest name getting talked about right now is OG Anunoby. OG Anunoby. I think I had that right. Um, Anunoby. 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 Thank you, Tolo. I appreciate your help. Anyways, <laughs> I think OG Anunoby is going to be the biggest name traded at this deadline. And I think he is going to the New York Knicks. The Knicks, they strike out when it comes to the superstars and the KDs and the Kyries. But they can have been able to get these guys like the Jalen Brunson, the Julius Randos, and now the OG Anunobis that can be supplemental pieces, key role players in building a very good roster. They're currently the seventh seed behind my Miami Heat, which is a playing spot, but they're a higher-end playing spot. Think they have a chance of getting one of those top six spots, but they're going to need one last push. And I think OG Anunoby might be what puts them over the top. Think he's going to cost a lot. I think the Raptors are asking for three first round picks. Luckily, the New York Knicks have a ton of extra first round picks from like the Pistons, the Bucks that they may, got in other trades throughout the offseason. So I think OG Anunoby <laughs> is going to be traded to the New York Knicks and he is going to take them into a top six seed in the East. So you're telling me. The Knicks are going to trade three first-round picks for OG Ananobi, but they won't trade the picks for Donovan Mitchell. Is that what you're telling me? It was more picks and players for Donovan Mitchell. It's Donovan Mitchell. So they'll do it for OG Ananobi, but not Donovan Mitchell. All right, New York. To Sean's point, that that does seem like a very New York thing to do. It really does. It really does, to be honest. That's definitely a Knicks thing to do. Definitely. Well, the Mickey Mouse Miami Heat are. So wait, out. so so Sean, do you think do you think they end up trading uh, Siakam and Trent and all these guys too, or do you think they hold off on Siakam for another year? So from the Raptors' point of view, I don't, Siakam definitely not. See, because I heard, I don't know if you heard about the Fred Van Fleet to Clippers thing. That's yeah, like so yeah, they circling. So it seems like they're just blowing it up. Yeah, I think Siakam's definitely not going anywhere. Scotty Barnes, of course, isn't going anywhere. Uh, OG Anunoby, I would be surprised if he's still there past the deadline. I'd be very surprised if he's past, if he's there past next offseason. I think that's the latest he'll spend on the Toronto Raptors. I'm thinking, I'm thinking OG Anunoby, Chris Boussey, and um, um, Gary, Trent. Gary Trent Jr. Mm-hmm. I'm a support player. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head Van right Lee? now. Brett Van Vliet. Um, yeah, is I think Fred Van Fleet is a clipper. Yeah, those are the four clipper. guys I could see getting traded, but Siakam and Scotty are one. going to stay. I think Fred's going to be the first one gone. 
to be honest. Then I think they move yeah. on to Gary and then Trent, or not Trent, but uh, OG. And then who was the last name you said, PC? There was one more name Chris in there. Boucher. Uh, Boucher. Yeah, Chris, Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher. That's one of you traded. This sounds like a blow. Might be in a little package deal. He might be in the package yeah. deal with somebody. I would take Boucher. We need a backup five. Didn't ask. Just give we me really, Trent. I, I just want Gary Trent. Bro. I need to see this man. In Duke in the NBA. Love to see it. Do we love really care what the, the Mickey brotherhood. The we brotherhood. Don't. I love to see it. The brotherhood for sure. All right. Um. Now, guys, it's time for one final word from our main co-host, PC. It comes from Monologue. So, PC, I'll pass it over to you. So, 109, uh, back on Skype for this week. I uh, want to thank everyone coming out. Make sure you follow our Twitter and IG at WHS underscore podcasts. Our YouTube and TikTok at We Hate Sports. Um, I do got some editing to do for the YouTube channel. Uh, so, there will be videos posted this week. I can, I can guarantee that. I actually got one that's almost finished. Just got put the finishing touches on it. Um, call up on, check up on, tell them that you love them, um, and stay hydrated. Um, you know, it's flu season still. Um, I've been watching The Last of Us. I don't know if y'all played The Last of Us, but uh, I've been watching The Last of Us. It turned into a series, and ah, I've enjoyed it very much. I think it's been going in the right direction. Last episode, I want to, I won't post any spoilers. Last episode was so tear tricking now. Um, but it's not about The Last of Us. My my monologue is about these damn referees, all right? Whether it's in the NFL or in the NBA, all right? The referee's job is to make sure that the game is called efficiently and efficiently down the middle where it's fair on both sides for both teams. In regards to Lakers and Celtics, it obviously wasn't that way. It obviously didn't feel that way. And the case for the... um, Chiefs and Bengals, it didn't feel that way at points. They can make the excuse for when Devontae Smith made that one-handed catch and they didn't get the correct angle in on time before the Eagles got another snap off, all right? You could say that Kyle Shanahan could have uh, show thrown the challenge flag regardless. They can get away with mistakes like that. You can't get away with the Chiefs having multiple chances to convert on third down. You can't get away with LeBron James legit being slapped very blatantly on his wrist when the game is on the line for the Celtics. These referees get away with a lot of stuff. And to Tolu's hot take, to his fair point, something needs to change with these referees. They cannot simply just get away with mental mistakes like this on the court and on the field. All right. It's it shouldn't be like that anymore. Everything is too tight in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. And we're getting to the Super Bowl. All right. There are already Chiefs fans that think they're going to be screwed out because Carl Scheffler has a bad history when he has uh, when he's pushing Kansas City Chiefs games. So for the referees, you need to get your stuff together, simply put. All right. And if you're Roger Goodell and M. Silver, you need to start disciplining these guys for not doing their jobs correctly. It cannot just be a simple slap on the wrist anymore and move on to the next night. No, 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 no. All right. They are just as much the problem in this league as somebody who would get in trouble if they were a player or a coach. All right. You mean Udoka, for goodness sake, the guy literally lost his whole entire job because of his allegation. All right. It wasn't anything bad per se. All right. He just got caught up in the wrong coup. So for the referees in the NFL, 
the referees in, in the NBA and referees in general, please start doing your job better. Not just for the players, not just for the teams, not just for the coaches, but for fans who have to see this. And we have to call out every single time you miss a call on the field or on the court. Twitter user 90210 is seeing calls that you're not making, which is a problem. A problem that needs to be fixed before it turns into a epidemic. That's what I got this week. Um, we'll be back next week um, for episode 110. All right, which is uh, supposedly that is the final episode before the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs. And I can't wait. I'm trying to get somebody on. Uh, try and get a couple of guests on for next week. Yeah, we'll see y'all next week.